break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 30th of September, 2021. Very happy to be back with you here on the show, and we've got plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about prison phone calls here in the United States and the absolutely usurious prices that are put on prisoners and their families. We're going to be talking about how the Biden administration has done absolutely nothing as it concerns the issue of a waiver for COVID-19 vaccine intellectual property rights. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia stealing food from the mouths of children. In the saga over the Democrats' $3.5 trillion budget bill, one of the main obstructionists to the bill being passed is Democratic Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Manchin is insisting that it is wrong to help families, seniors, community college students, and the planet if it means that billionaires have to give up even one cent. So he started floating various ideas to whittle down the bill and make sure far less critical aid gets to those most in need, and that the maximum amount of money stays in the hands of the ultra-rich. One of Manchin's ideas is to add a quote-unquote work requirement to the child tax credit expansion. Or in other words, if you don't have income or a very low income in a given year, you can't receive the child tax credit. This is actually the way the tax credit used to be until the American Rescue Plan from earlier this year expanded the child tax credit. And I also just want to note here that the expanded tax credit that Manchin wants to tank in the budget reconciliation bill is set to reduce child poverty by 40%. The work requirement applies to the way you file, essentially. Prior to the American Rescue Plan, the child tax credit could only be used to offset income for federal taxes. So it was only available if you filed taxes and had an income. However, many people who do not make enough money to owe taxes either don't file or just, again, don't make enough money to actually have to pay taxes. And also, you may be unemployed in a given year, but still file for several reasons. So the biggest critique of the tax credit for years is it actually didn't reach the poorest families that really need the help the most. So the expansion expanded both the amount of the tax credit itself, it raised the amount you could get, but it also made it so that it was sent out as a monthly check. So it provides real-time help for families and it sets it up so that even if you have a very low income or no income, you are still able to get the child tax credit. So what Manchin wants to do is go back to the old system where the poorest families get very little help. Well, there's a lot to be said about this, but one thing you can say is, since one thing we know is people have been using the child tax credit for food in a large number of cases, Joe Manchin's plan for the child tax credit literally takes food out of the mouths of children to help billionaires. The other thing you can say is that Manchin's concepts are based on a pack of lies about the child tax credit and the people who receive it in the first place. The implication of Manchin's position is that allowing low-income families to access the tax credit will keep them from working as they live high on the hog off free government money, which is false on many levels. First off, 
It's several hundred dollars a month, max $3,600 a year, not a million dollars. So the idea that somehow you're living high off the hog off the child tax credit rather than getting really desperately needed aid is false. And secondly, the structure of the tax credit itself means that this issue is just not an issue. The tax credit does not start to phase out until $112,500 for a head of a household and $150,000 for a married couple filing jointly. And ultimately, a married couple can make up to $400,000 and still be getting at least something from the tax credit. The people that Manchin wants to exclude are more or less people making, I don't know, something like $15,000, people who are unemployed and so on. Who goes from $15,000 to $112,000 in one year? Exactly. There is literally zero incentive not to work because of the child tax credit. In fact, it's the opposite. It's actually an incentive to do whatever you can to increase your income because that makes the impact of the tax credit even greater for low-income families. And since it could play a major role in paying for the cost of childcare, it actually makes it easier for women to work as well, and especially if you are unemployed, makes it easier for you to go out and to look for work. But don't just take my word for it. The National Academy of Sciences convened an expert panel to look at the effects of a similarly constructed tax credit as the proposal in the budget bill and found, quote, 99.5% of working parents would continue to work and few would substantially reduce their hours. There's also the fact that of the people who get it now, as the Center for Budget and Policy Priorities notes, quote, more than 95% of families who benefit from full refundability, the family head or spouse worked in the current, previous or subsequent year is age 65 or older, or has a work-limiting health condition or disability. And there's also the fact that Canada has a similar tax credit, and a recent study on its impact found, quote, no detectable influence on employment for single mothers, the adults most likely to be affected. And there's also the fact that France, Germany, and the UK, and Canada, by the way, all have a higher labor force participation rate, that is, they have more people working than the United States, and all have far more generous benefits for families. So, again, Manchin's entire argument is based on an outright pack of lies that just demonizes poor people without any evidence to back up these slanders. The immediate impact of this is clear enough. After the first month of the child tax credit payments this year, hunger for kids in West Virginia dropped by 3%. And one study on the impact of the credit states that only seven states would receive more of a benefit from the child tax credit than West Virginia. So Manchin isn't just taking food out of kids' mouths in general, but out of the mouths of the kids in his own state. So don't be fooled. Manchin's opposition to the budget reconciliation bill has nothing to do with anything other than making sure the rich stay very rich. Back in May, the Biden administration shocked the world, in principle, by supporting the idea of a waiver, in principle, for the intellectual property of COVID-19 vaccines. And this was so surprising because the pharmaceutical industry had put a full court press on Biden to try to prevent this from happening. No other rich nation was doing anything similar, and it seemed like a very, very rare moment where the United States was actually willing to help, rather than exploit, the global south. While the waiver isn't everything, it can play a role in reducing vaccine apartheid. For example, the Canadian company BioLies has estimated they could produce 15 to 20 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and they actually pledged to give Bolivia 15 million doses of that, which is enough to vaccinate a very large percentage of their entire adult population. 
But since February of this year, Johnson & Johnson has refused to give them a license to procure it. And in fact, the Canadian government, which is where Biolize is based, refuses to issue a compulsory waiver. So you can see the potential here if you were able to get this intellectual property out there. So since May, what has happened on this front? Well, nothing. And what has the United States been doing to push it forward? Well, nothing. In fact, as the American Prospect reports, quote, the Biden administration has slow walked the text based negotiations that would determine the scope of the waiver. Most recently, on September 14, 2021, during an informal meeting of the TRIPS Council, that's the council that more or less governs this in the World Trade Organization, the U.S. declined to support the proposal as it was presented by South Africa and India in October of 2020. The American Prospect also notes that, quote, the U.S. did not appear to be actively engaged in discussing the text or actively trying to get the EU on board with the TRIPS waiver. And really, it's deeper than just that because of the huge amount of funding and prior research the government gave to Moderna. The deal they signed for Moderna to get that sweetheart deal actually gave the rights to the vaccine recipe they use and all data about the vaccine from the company to the government and allows the government to distribute it how they want. Now, there is a little small caveat in the contract that could be read to restrict the just totally free sharing of the vaccine recipe by the U.S. government. But and this is a crucial but the Biden administration can essentially waive that caveat simply by wording things in the right way. Further, through the Defense Production Act, the administration could just force Moderna to share its technology as long as they paid them a quote-unquote reasonable price for it. President Biden said at the U.N. General Assembly that the world needed more than just, quote, half measures or middle-of-the-road ambitions to address COVID. Couldn't agree more. But ultimately, he's the one who controls that. So if we only get half measures, now you really know who to blame. Will anyone with any relationship to anyone in the prison system in the United States, or if you've been in yourself, you know that one of the most pernicious aspects of the system are the extremely high phone rates charged to prisoners and their families to make phone calls. And in May of this year, the Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, took limited action to reduce rates. But it's still a major issue, and in fact, this week is the last week for public comments to the FCC for the potential for more rulemaking on this issue. In their submission to the FCC, the Prison Policy Initiative found that people in jail spend 16% less time on the phone, but pay twice as much for calls. And in terms of why, they note that, quote, higher jail rates appear to be due at least in part to the nature of incentives and bargaining power related to bidding and procurement processes at local jails. Local governments are often more dependent on non-appropriated revenue and are thus more eager to reap income from commissions. But even more notably, the Prison Policy Initiative goes on to detail that, quote, at the same time, some carriers appear to have developed a concerted strategy of negotiating jail contracts with higher than average rates and lower than average commissions. Due to information asymmetry, counties with under-resourced procurement staff are particularly vulnerable to agreeing to these high-rate, low-commission contracts, which serves merely to enrich carriers at the expense of low-income ratepayers. So basically, phone companies are dangling cash in front of local officials who think they're getting a great deal, but actually they're only getting a tiny fraction of the usurious rates being charged to the prisoners and their families. Not like it would be right if somehow they were getting a better deal, but it just goes to show you how predatory the whole thing is, which is also notable because when you think about it like this, people in jail, of course, are often desperate to make calls to try to get out, and those in prison are desperate to stay connected with their loved ones and vice versa. All in all, 
It's just another example of the outrageous financial exploitation reaped by major companies of all types on the backs of the incarcerated here in the United States. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.